excuse me. I'm not sure if I remember your name. Uh, I'm really um, bad with names, you know. You don't remember me? We met several times. I, it's Ant-Man. A-N-T-M-A-N. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man. Yeah. What are, you, what are your superpowers again? You, you, you talk to the ants, is that it? Well, partly, but mainly I shrink myself down to the size of an ant while retaining my full human strength. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really impressive. <laughs> size of an ant with human strength. You must be able to clean house on those other ants. <laughs> hey, hey, Hulk, hey. Check, check this guy out. Ooh. <laughs> Got the strength of a human. Ant-Man, huh? Where are your ants? <laughs> yes. They're, they're at home, uh, in the ant farm. <laughs> oh, best day out of this guy's way. Oh, oh every molecule's quivering uh, now. Oh. <laughs> I don't see what's so funny. Is there something wrong with being Ant-Man? I mean, what's the joke? Oh, great, great Ant-Man. Oh, excuse me. Don't worry about it. We're just rubbing you. Avengers Spotlight! just said previity <laughs> there we go <laughs> all right hello and welcome to a special episode of back to the bins i am chris tyler the hair metal hero not the voice you're usually used to hearing on this show from the jump but i am joined today by the stalwart regulars of back to the bins mr dr bill robinson wait it, did I miss the Jurassic World roundtable? Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's no Jaws. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's the line for the other stalwart co-host of Back to the Bins, Mr. Producer Paul Spataro. And this is not the Jurassic World roundtable. I guess this is the Sleepwalker show, right? Uh, you know, hey, Bobble's doing everything nowadays, so I would not be surprised. Maybe he'll pop up in Doctor Strange, and then, you know, then I would have my Rob Kelly moment. So, it'll be all good. Uh, what are we talking about for this episode of Back to the Bins? Ants. We are talking about the li- the weest hero. Uh, hey, I'm right here. The wee little man. Dabby O'Gill and the Little People? <laughs> Sean Connery. I love that movie. Look them, they're all little. Don't be step on them. <laughs> No, we are covering the latest, the 12th entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the end of Phase 2, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. In fact, Bill, don't you have a song for everybody? 
<clears throat> why, 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 thank you for that wonderful segue, Mr. Producer. And now to the tune of the Violet Femmes' Blister in the Sun, my Ant-Man song. When I'm a shrink and my head's a hurting, yeah, I want to punch someone. Pimp particles, they make me crazy, yeah, I want to punch someone. Punch someone, I just want to punch you out. I punch someone, let my aggression out. And solo. Click, 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 click. Thank you. <laughs> Can we drop in the Red Skull bit from Captain America vs. Avenger right here? The you are failing. Right. <laughs> you are failing. <laughs> I, I personally just like the, the part that sounds like the little bugle from a Bugs Bunny cartoon at the end. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I heard that song on the radio while driving around today, and then it just, I was like, I want to punch someone. I punch someone. I'm like, yeah, I got to do this. Yeah, for when we do the round table. <laughs> I came home and jotted down some lyrics. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, yes, we can tell. Hey, I try. It's probably I about know. how long they took to write the real song. Yeah, but we're not talking about the violent femmes. Let's talk about. Let's talk about Ant Man. All right. So in our traditional two true freaks roundtable method, even though this is a very small roundtable, no pun intended. Who wants to go first? (laughs) Ah, well, Chris opened it up. Would you like to go first, Chris? Sure. I would love to talk about Ant Man. I really enjoyed Ant Man. Uh, Is a fantastic origin story. It is a fantastic Marvel legacy story. The action was fun. The macro photography was awesome. Special effects were good. The acting was good. Michael Douglas, Stone Cold, bringing it in this one. He did not phone this in at all. He was an awesome Hank Pym. Uh, some of the character characteristics that they changed, I loved. Uh, let's see, what else can we talk about? Again, villain, same with most of the Marvel movies. Not, not the reason you're going to see these. Um, but I have no problem with that because I'm more interested in the heroes myself. So I really dug that. I love the fact that it was a story about fathers and daughters. Uh, very different from what Marvel's been doing. And it, a heist movie, legacy, origin, family story. I have no complaints. I really dug it. But uh, somebody else do their thing and we'll get into more detail. Hey, Bill, you or me? Uh, I'll go. Yeah, I, I like this too. I like the uh, the... The Marvel's Marvel's Eleven, like the Ocean's Eleven type thing with the heist, as well. I thought that the guy that played the villain, I can't remember his name. Corey Stoll. What else from, is he? Uh, he's the from Strain. Uh, he's from the Strain. Okay, he's also from House of Cards. Oh, see, I haven't seen either of those. But I thought at first, I thought his character was a little over the top. But then, the moment in the movie, and I know this is getting a little into specifics there was one moment in the movie to where you thought maybe for an instant that he was going to change and he played it on his face i thought he did really well in that scene that's where it's like his eyes started to tear up when when uh hank was actually you know trying to talk to him and saying you know you don't have to do this and it looked like he was like right on the edge and then you know we could talk about what what happened from there but yeah the effects were good i liked the way hank pym was treated Yes. And, and that, I mean, I was really impressed because I wasn't going into this with any, I almost didn't go see this movie, but I took Ben, we both went, he enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, 
And I was really happy with how they explained some of Hank Pym's erratic behavior and that it was his exposure to the Pym particles being not being protected. That kind of made him a little wonky because and it was great when he slammed because at first I'm like, oh, great. This is the way Hank Pym's going to be when he slams that guy's head down at the Shield headquarters back in the 80s. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. That's the, like, why did you just make him walk in a wife, Peter? All right. Come on. <laughs> like, this is the way we're going to have Hank Pym. I was like, F-. no, so, thank God. No. Yeah. So I, 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 I was just happy with that. I liked Paul Rudd. And um, that's all I'm going to say for now. Hand it over to you, Mr. P, Mr. Producer. OK, uh, just go right out, you know, cut cut to the chase and say I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a very good movie. And Chris and I, you and I spoke uh, right after we both saw it the same night. And I said, it's almost like like damning with faint praise nowadays to say something was good. It's like if it's not the best ever, somehow that's that's criticism of it. Uh, It wasn't the best ever, but it was really enjoyable. I had mentioned in our... uh, our Ant-Man preview obligatory show that I really hoped that they did something where Hank Pym had previously been Ant-Man yeah, and, and that it wasn't just creating the character out of the clear blue sky. And I loved that they did that in this movie. That was, that was awesome. And that they had the wasp and she had wings and she was flying and they showed her. It was just incredible on the negative end. As we, as we were discussing it, when we walked out, my son said, yeah, I thought some of the humor didn't quite work. So I, I thought about that a little bit more and more. And, and, and I do think that some of the crime group that he had, his, his assistants, his buddies, uh, <laughs> I think some of that may not age well. Some of that may become the cringeworthy Ned Beatty, uh, Mr. Luthor type thing. I'm not sure. But somehow when they worked in that, they came up with... Once again, another incredible Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, and they did it by using that little uh, group. So time will tell if that if that ages well. But on a whole, I really enjoyed it. All right. Okay, we'll see you next week. Show's everybody. over. All right, everybody. Good night. You'll see it. Bye. It's not a keychain. Oh. That's. <laughs> I oh. knew that wasn't a keychain. I knew that was a tank. The moment I saw it, I'm like, I that see is a tank. I know I tank. Didn't I? Didn't pick it out. I, I didn't just, either. Many times as they showed it, I'm like, that is a shrunken tank. But that, you know what that also opens the door to? And I'm so happy they didn't jump the gun and do it already. Giant Man. Giant Man in the next movie. Yeah. It, don't even do it in the next movie. The next one, if it's a, if it's a solo Ant-Man, well, it should be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Don't, don't go giant yet. Save that for Infinity, whatever it's called. Don't have to blow your load on that one too early. Well, I think I think you go, you know, he'll be in the next Avengers or he'll be in Civil War. And you don't I don't think you go to Giant Man then. No. No, I th- I think you go to Giant Man either in Ant-Man 2 or in Avengers the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I think one of those you can go to Giant Man, but you don't not in Civil War. I don't think it works in Civil War. No. Not if he's supposed to be stealing something for Cap and yeah, the Falcon. I don't know if he's stealing something for them. And, and let's let's give it a little background. Obviously, spoiler alert, everyone. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. But uh, in that in that post credit scene, Winter Soldier seems like he's almost like in some sort of like a like, nice. a, like a bear trap kind of thing. Yeah, his <laughs> robo arm is Ow. is not moving. And the question is, should we call Tony Stark to? You know, I, I guess to take care of the tech aspect of this. 
Because that would make sense then that Sam Wilson says, no, I know a guy because right. Scott Lang is a tech guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I liked about that too? Yes, he's got a master's degree in electrical engineering. He's not Tony Stark. He's not Hank Pym. He's not Reed Richards. He's just a guy. Yeah. But he's a he, very smart guy. He's smart and he knows what he's doing. Who could do par- Who could do parkour? Apparently, in his off time. Well, if you're going to be a cat burglar, you got to <laughs> be like smooth. Pounded up the side of that house. I'm like that was Whoa. very cool though. They they made him. I don't know. They they made it believable, even though he was doing unbelievable things. <laughs> yeah, with the nature of the game with all these movies. Well, sometimes though, you, sometimes you know you have to say, ah, I'm just going to suspend my disbelief. This, I thought they made it look like he could really do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, now, some, of the, was... some of the uh, elements of the, cape, of the caper that they were in didn't seem to totally make sense to me. Like, why would you do this? Why would you do that? Why do you have to wait until he's introducing the thing? You know, this, there were things about it that just seemed to be a little convenient in how they put them together. Um, but it's a movie. Even the way, even the way Hank kind of entrapped Scott to get him to show what he could do. I don't know. I, I think there were there were different ways that that could have been done, but again, like you say, it's just part of the movie, and and you do have to kind of just say, all right, you know, I'm gonna just run with it. It's fine, and there was nothing about it that was so, you know, worthy of scratching your head that it took you out of the movie. No, I never got to taken out of it watching it. I was just I was totally going along for the ride with it because I was saying at some point, when is this gonna become the the Ocean's Eleven aspect of it? You know, and. Uh, they definitely handled that very well. There is a danger of being taken out of it when you're dealing with Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly. These are all very, very recognizable actors. Mm-hmm. And if you start seeing Michael Douglas and you're thinking about all the other stuff Michael Douglas has done and not thinking about Hank Pym, that's yeah, a problem. I didn't yeah, have but that the problem, de-aged though. one, him at the beginning looking like oh, Wall was- Street, it's like I was totally like at that point I'm like, you know what? They got me by the balls already. Let's, I'm ready. Let's do this. That was the best de-aging I've seen on film yet. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it, well... They used a body double, too. Oh, they did? Uh, they didn't even use him? I just assumed they de-aged him. They had a right. young, they had a, a guy who was similar body type that was younger, and then they did a lot of work on doing the face. Well, that's what they did with, with Arnold in Terminator Genesis. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. you know, they, they said the, the biggest compliment everybody's giving us is that they think that, that we used footage from the original movie, and we didn't. Hmm. Oh, I never thought it was footage from the original movie, but it still looked damn good. Mm-hmm. So, should we talk a little bit about that o- opening shield scene? For anybody well, now, who, who who was the guy who Hank slams his face down? Who ultimately Darren Cross? He was the head of the CIA or something. Is he uh, a character that we know in any way? I don't remember his name. I don't. He, his name didn't jump out at me, but it may. I may just. I mean, but as it ended up, he was the Hydra. He was the yeah. And and, and you know what? I I don't know if I had totally forgotten about Hydra while watching this until the end when they come in and said, "Oh, these gentlemen are from Hydra," and I was like, "Oh man, that makes sense." This guy yeah. was a, yeah. This guy was a Hydra stooge the whole time. Yeah. And uh, we got to see um, the older t- Stark with the white hair. Yeah. yeah, the Iron Man yeah. 2 stack. Yeah, the Iron Man 2. I'm sure Scott Gardner will like that. And then we saw uh, Haley. Haley. Well, doesn't matter how they try to age her. She's super, oh, so fine. So fine. <laughs> Crazy stupid fine. And, you know, I guess we could still get that uh, that Hank Pym helped design Ultron or something like it. Or... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I know, I know. It, I to know. me, like, really, if you're not going to make him the crazy bug nuts hank pym 
if you're going to make him a guy that's just he's angry that he does he does have a temper and he's angry that he lost his wife and people tried to steal his technology from him that's more than enough you know it but it's almost like he you know he's got that anger maybe because of that and his exposure to the particles in in the past which is you know like he's trying to keep that i mean that's what i kind of got out of it where he would blow up sometimes i think it was just he was just that well he he was concerned yeah pissed and that this was going to happen yeah, I, I don't think he was supposed to have, you know, like a real, you know, psychotic streak or anything. No, no. But it was but it was great when he slammed that guy's face down the desk. Yes, it was. But I, did, I, I think that <laughs> was talked about his wife. As righteous yeah, I know, man. I know. That, well, man, that, that guy deserved that. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, again, like I'm a little confused at the whole, you know, uh, trying to get Scott caught in and checking him out and all that. Like, why wouldn't you just contact him directly? He probably wanted to see if he could still do what he what he was doing, as what I think. I mean, he clearly, as soon as he pulled that job three years ago, where he Robin Hooded all the money back to the to the people that the company stole it from, that's why he's going to pick this guy. This guy's not doing it for personal gain. I'm he's okay do- with the fact that he that he picked him, but then when he did pick him, why didn't he just confront him? Why did he let him escape with the suit? And wait until he tr- tried it on and then spoke to him over it? Is that what you're saying? Or why didn't he, like, stop what if, him right there? What if a, se- if a 70-year-old guy says, hey, put this suit on. I'm going to make you shrink, and uh, then I want you to do something for me. You're going to go, see you later, dude. Mm. <laughs> That's, he, I mean, he was going to say that anyway, actually. I just, I don't know. You got you to gotta have a reason for, a reason well, for it. I thought it was a perfectly acceptable reason. I mean... You're not that guy's not going to be interested unless he thinks he's going to make some money, and that's how he thought he was going to make some money was breaking into the old retired guy's old school safe, and curiosity gets the better of him. You know, mm. it's it's is there a little bit of a stretch there? Yeah, but in general, I I like the way it played out. And you know, it's 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 such a minimal thing, but I got a big kick out of the fact that the line was different in the movie than it is in the commercial. Watch oh, it, steal some shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just, oh yeah. <laughs> instead of stuff, I just you know I guess they have it set for when it show when they air it on regular TV. Well, mm-hmm. advertising, man. But 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 it's you know you were expecting the line you heard, and then when all of a sudden they said shit instead of stuff, I actually thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And I like that they chopped out the "Is it too late to change the name?" gag. That one didn't really play. What was it? Yeah. Is it too late to change oh. the name? Yeah, when he's like, "I want you to be the Ant Man, Scott," and he's like, "Is it too late to change the name?" But yeah, that was in a commercial or one of the. Uh, one one of the trailers. Did you guys either of you see this in three D? I did no. not. I I didn't see it either. But I still thought it was good. Uh, I liked that first shrinking scene. Some of the stuff he went through. Oh yeah. I especially like when he landed on the turntable. Yep. <laughs> I, the, yeah. All the all the, the 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 macro photography was that was really well done. Every time that they they used it, I mean the sense of scale was was just right on it. Yeah, the, the uh, sense and, of scale was excellent. And you could still follow, even when they were having a long shot of him running somewhere as, you know, insect size, you could still follow it, which was, I mean, that's tough to pull off, especially with wearing a black costume. Now, one thing they don't explain away uh, is why the wasp costume can incorporate wings, but the Ant-Man costume doesn't, and you have to ride a flying ant. Mm, Uh, Females are lighter? Or maybe. I'm I'm not buying that. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they, they don't. They just don't touch on it, and it's probably well, why it's not the, to. The Ant Man's best weapon is 
controlling the ants. What do you need wings for if you have an army of ants at your disposal? Well, but then why does the wasp have wings? Because she's not controlling wasps. Maybe she she could also control ants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, like they don't they don't bother to differentiate. Yeah. In yeah. in the comics, the wings are organic. Well, not the original wings. No, uh, the original wasp wasn't. Those weren't. No. That was part of the suit, right? No. Really? Uh, no, I thought the wing her, her organic wings came later. Pretty I think, sure. I, I think we'll, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one because one of us is wrong. <laughs> no, you I think th- the, you'd think the guys from Avengers Spotlight would know. Shut you up. You would think, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> well, you'd be right about me, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll have to look it up while we. St- uh, you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter why. Because you know it matters got, to me. We got. <laughs> We got to see both of them in action on a mission. And I, I'm, I'm, I'll say this right now. I kind of wish that Catherine Zeta-Jones played his wife. Yeah, that would <laughs> be cool. You could de-age her a little. She's not that what? old, but you could de-age her a little for the scene. Don't need to de-age her. <laughs> she no. still looks like she did in The Mask of Zorro. No, I wouldn't agree with that. That's 20 oh. years ago. That movie's not, is that movie 20 years old? Wow. I believe it is. Oh, cripes. All right, let's move on from that. Then I don't want to think about that. Uh, what do What do we think about uh, of uh, Hope instead of uh, Janet in this one? Because I loved her. I have mixed feelings with the fact that I would have liked I would have liked for it to be Janet Van Dyne just because that's what I'm used to. But I really don't think it hurt any of the narrative to have it be the way it is. So. It's like, you know, the only, the only reason that I would want it to be Janet is because I'm a stubborn old man. Well, yeah, I mean, you still got Janet in it. Yeah. And it, clearly it's an unresolved issue. I mean, you know at some point they're going back into quantum space. Yeah. I, I mean, and th- that whole bit, oh my God. Ooh. I kind of wish that I was uh, Chris Honeywell for that last five minutes of that movie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I might not have left the theater of my own volition because that was trippy. Well, maybe you're maybe maybe you're right, Paul, because it's saying upon shrinking, it's a procedure which granted her the ability to, upon shrinking, grow wings and fire blasts of energy, which she called her wasp stings. Maybe I'm right. Maybe. <laughs> mm. Just, just Paul, you're right, like always. No. <laughs> Back to the show. Yeah. All right. So quantum space. Oh, and and Ooh. the Mask of Zero came out in 1998, so it's not quite 20 years. Close enough. Did anybody cry when Anthony got yes. killed? Yes, I did. I I had like a tear come. I had to like put, put put my hand up to hide my face. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I, I didn't cry. Especially with the wing coming down. The wing. That was. That's what got me was the wing. That was you know, brilliant. How the, how the heck do you aim a bullet at an ant? You don't. You just fire blindly, and unfortunately, with that swarm of ants that large, you're probably Anthony. gonna clip a couple of them. You're yeah. gonna regret that. Uh, that is so <laughs> comic booky. Ah, uh, I loved it. Absolutely uh, loved it. I need that toy now, though. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be plenty available at Walmart and Kmart and Target and probably. Did, did they show somewhere in the credits? You know, no, no ants were harmed in the filming of this movie. I think it just said the standard animals. Oh. No animals <laughs> were harmed. So what? What do we think of uh, Darren Cross? I, you know, I know it's a it's a common complaint leveled at the Marvel movies that the villains are not. Uh, super strong in these as characters. I, and me personally, I'm not going to these for the villains. I mean, unless they start using, you know, Doctor Doom 
Well, or... it is a little bad that he seemed to, uh, uh, other than Loki, they seem to kill all their villains. You know, uh, that, gets, well, that gets a little, uh, you know. I thought Loki was a great villain. I thought the Red Skull was a very strong villain. Okay, let too. me back that up. The, the Red Skull may not be dead. He may not be dead. Yeah, uh, I thought Ultron was a strong villain. I did too. I don't know why everybody was complaining about that in, one either. In, in Winter Soldier, the villain is basically Hydra. I think you know that was fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, okay, maybe in Thor: The Dark World, the villain Malekith was... sucked. Hmm? Yeah, Malekith sucked. sucked. Uh, Abomination was pretty awesome. I had no problem with Abomination, although I, I probably would have fiddled with the character design a little bit to make it a little yeah. closer to the comics. Oh, I guess yeah, he might not I mean, be dead either, so I guess I take that back. I guess they're all not dead. Whoops. <laughs> uh, the Sorry. Iron Man. Ironmonger is weak. I think all the villains in the Whiplash Iron Whiplash could have been better. Yeah. Yes, they've, they've been kind of weak. But, I mean, I like I said, I'm not going to these for the villains. I'm going because I like the heroes. Well, I go back and forth. But the hero, you know, you, you want the strong villain to highlight your hero. Uh, but I, I thought, the, you know, I thought I, I, there hasn't been a movie yet that I didn't enjoy. So I'm, I'm thinking the villains have done their jobs. Yeah, it's not. Uh, would you rather go back to it being here? Here's the villain. We paid him twenty million dollars, and seventy percent of the movie is going to be the villain. Like you know, we need Jack Gene Hackman as the villain. You know, or Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. It's like I don't want that. Uh, like the worst part about those first two Batman movies is there's no Batman. <laughs> you Gene know? Hackman as Yellow Jacket. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> I do have to say, Yellow Jacket. When, the suit was cool. Yeah, the suit was cool, but when he got his comeuppance, I cringed with oh, the way yeah. that they, with the way they took him out because he shrunk. Oh, but he didn't shrunk all shrink all at once. He like oh man, his arms shrunk first. And was like oh oh ooh, that's gonna well, gonna leave a mark. Ooh yeah ah ah. <laughs> now I I do curse coming attractions again though. And I do try to avoid them if I know I'm going to see the movie. But you know what? That scene with the Thomas the Tank Engine would have yeah. been much funnier if I didn't see it five times in the commercial. But it was really funny when, when it goes out the window. When, they, when it goes out the window when they accidentally enlarged it. Yeah, and the eyes are going back in the front, front yard. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, well, his... and then the giant ant. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, here's Man, the thing. That's one ugly dog. Here's the thing. Hank Pym calls out the stakes that were going on in, in the Avengers when Scott says, why don't we just call the Avengers? It's like they're too busy dropping cities on people. This movie was not about leveling a city or anything like that. The climax of this movie takes place in an eight-year-old girl's bedroom. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's much and more it's, personal stakes. And I and I loved that about it. You, but but I, it's, it's the personal stakes – on top of the big stakes, because there were the big stakes of Hydra getting this weaponry. Which they took care of before this even happened. Yes. Like, that was like a foregone conclusion. It's like... But it you did never... have some world-threatening events before you got to the smaller climax. Yeah. But Hydra did get the shrink formula. They got one little vial of it. They got one vial of it. Which is fine, because you got to have some plot threads to go, yeah. you know, to the next one or whatever they're going to go with because you really can't get rid of hydra they're too awesome of a, a shadowy organization to get rid of completely another uh negative on the on the movie and i, I hate to be the negative guy here but that's all right another negative to it was the writing of how convenient it was that the ex-wife's fiance is what basically around every corner and apparently the only cop in new york in not new york whatever city they were san francisco in. i believe san francisco yeah, yeah. Uh, the only cop in San Francisco, and apparently the police commissioner, because he could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Yeah. But you're not going to waste Bobby Cannavale. 
Come on. But that was <laughs> I, I didn't think that was well written. I see, I, I actually liked him because he he was a cop, he was trying to do his job, and he wasn't like a complete douchebag either. Like he clearly cared about the little about girl. The, yeah, uh, he cared, he, it wasn't the oh he pretends to care when the ex-wife is there, but then when she's not there, he shows himself to be a douche, which would be the stereotypical story that we've get got, had yeah. a million times. I mm-hmm. like that, but it, I, well, what, see, they they did manage to work it in though because they when they found out that Hank Pym was the lawyer that saw Scott, that's why they were keeping an eye on him. So there was a reason why they were there at the at the at the uh, building at the end. And, and he, pro- was the, he was the only cop that was on it. No, well, well, he's got an maybe, interest in it because it's it, yeah, that, which is which is why they probably would not have given him the assignment. Although I don't think, okay, I'll give them that they confronted Pim at that uh, gala or whatever because it was a public event and he was probably listed as being there because they probably couldn't track him down or get a hold of him any other way. However, I call bullshit on them running across the grass and running up past the security guys. Although maybe the security guys paused and said, hey, who are you guys? And they flashed the badges. I just didn't see to where they would be able to just stroll right up with supposedly the security as tight as it should have been for them to confront him at, at the front door. But, yeah. Oh, but it paid. It was made for a good gag. Yeah. Come on. With the, the La Cucaracha horn. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, no, that, that that was later. That was when the one guy stole stole the van. Oh, or yeah, that's right. Stole the car. Then he came back, and they're sitting in a van, and he hits the horn, and they hear it. I know that van. <laughs> <laughs> they threaded all that stuff in well. I see. I, you know, I, by by the time we got to that, I was just, I was totally just involved with the movie, and I just, they could have put almost anything out, and I would, I probably would have enjoyed it, um, you know. But yeah, I liked, I liked the crew that that he had, you know, Russian hacker, urban black guy, and. Fast talking Latino guy, and he was Luis was that character was great. He was he was very amusing. Again, I just don't know if it's going to hold up to repeated viewings. I, yeah. Look, when he drops the line about not liking red wine, but there was one rose that saved it. Like, come on, that was genius. They're totally subverting everything you would expect from that stock character, and that made it hilarious. Oh yeah, when they were looking at the uh, when uh, or was it his buddy that. When they were in the, um, the museum, uh, yeah, the museum, <laughs> yeah, and just everything about that just worked for me. Making, just making, making waffles. <laughs> he's, he's making the big Belgian waffles for everybody. Well, Basket Robbins always finds out. <laughs> I know Basket Robbins. <laughs> oh, that was Basket Robbins. Damn, that was. Uh, I, I the humor worked for me too, and I didn't think it was overly humorous, and I think it, it struck the right tone of. Yeah, there's a there's a good natured lightness to it, but I mean the parts where I mean they let they let a lot of the heaviness hang on on Hank Pym, rightly well, so. And Paul Rudd has excellent comic timing. Yes, he does. So so you do want to give him some of the lines, and and usually they were more the wisest, the wisest, but not quite as wisest as Tony Stark lines. No, thank God, because I, I and and I like the Iron Man movies, but Tony's getting to be more and more of a dick in every movie. And well, it starts just wait till Civil, Civil yeah, War. Yeah, I think that's why we're going. I think we're going to move it to, to Civil War. Yeah, I know. And, it, I mean, it makes sense. That's where they're going with it. But it's just like he he's one of those guys that knows he's one of the smartest guys in the room. But I don't know. I, Scott Scott Lang does not have that. Scott Lang's just a guy like, I, I know why this guy picked me because I'm not, I'm not his daughter. I can die. 
and I can do the job. But if there's a chance that I'll be able to see my daughter again, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, you know, so it makes sense. There was another thing story-wise that I didn't get right away, but when then when I thought about it during the movie, it, it made sense. And that's when he says that there was an old Stark storage um, yeah. area where they needed to pick up that signal jammer. And then next you see them flying on a plane and they like rip out a section of like the some some type of, I don't know, gasket on the side of the jet. And they're looking down. I'm like, why are they on a jet? Then it, then I re, then I remembered what they said, that it was in upstate New York there in San Francisco. They had to get on the plane, stowaway on the plane, and then I guess find one that was flying over that. And then that's when they jumped out and went down to the facility. That's when they find out that they're in the freaking new Avengers facility, and, and we get that, we get that Falcon Hawk, Hawkman. We get the Falcon Ant Man fight, which was which was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Great, and and totally totally unexpected for me. I was not expecting that either. He's like, uh oh, he can't see me. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I, I, that's why you don't want spoilers going into these movies. No, that was so that, much better not expecting. Yeah, yeah. And it was a big enough oh shit moment for me when they when it's like oh shit that's the new Avengers base, uh-huh. and Pym had no idea, it's and like, Scott abort, is abort. just pissing his pants. Only only because we ha- we mentioned it again in the uh, in in the obligatory Ant Man episode. Uh, I thought it might turn out to be what Scott said. And it might be that Avengers Assemble shot from the very end of the uh, Age of Ultron movie, only from Scott Lang's point of view. I think that would have been cool to have it overlap a little bit. But this was so good that I can't complain. See, the thing is, if you're going to show that he's a a great thief and he's mastered the powers, then you're not going to just have him fly in and land on somebody's shoulder and then leave. It's like you're going to show him being able to do the job. Well, I was thinking you might see him sneak by them all, get what he needed and get out and not even have them realize he was there. Yeah, that would have worked too, I guess. But, but it wouldn't have given it, us. It, it might have worked too, but this worked perfectly. We know this worked, so I'm fine with what they did. Oh yeah, I'm because just telling it wasn't you what just I thought they were thing either. Now, yeah. one, I got one, one quick question. No. Okay, he yes, he landed on, on on the roof, and Falcon went up there because he says that the sensors picked picked up something. Now, does I always thought that Ant Man still had the mass of a full grown man at that size. He does, but they play around with it. If he was yeah, on his shoulder, if he they did, would be rushed. Right, or when he flipped over and ran up the barrel of that gun, he would have just dropped the gun to the floor yeah, because you can't, weight. you can't think too much about it. Or <laughs> with his power Hank, Hank, Hank Pym could not carry around a tank in his pocket. It would probably because, rip through the pocket. The, it would rip right through the pocket. It would, he, would, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to pick it up. <laughs> I know, that's why, that's why I figured oversimplify it. You know, yeah. so, yeah, they do come, you know, so it's like either the roof was that sensitive or, you know, they're, they're kind of, mm, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let it go, let it go, let it go. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that was a little nit, nitpicky that I was kind of like, well, wait a minute. Um, hmm. Well, that's like, and, and I had a whole conversation on Facebook about this recently where uh, Mike Bailey, I think it was when they did the Age of Ultron review, Mike had Rachel on with him. And, and Rachel started talking about the thing because there was a Fantastic Four trailer. And she says, how does he walk into a building and not come crashing through the floor? How can the elevator lift him to, to go up? What is he made of, pumice? <laughs> and it was cracking me up listening to her argument. And, and she was 100% on the money. She was so right about it. But you can't think about it or, or it just kind of ruins it. Eventually you have to say, yeah, it's comics. 
And that's, yeah, it, you know, and I think if the Nolan Batman movies had kind of taken some of that and put that into it, I probably would have enjoyed them more. I've already bought into the concept that it's a guy dressed up like a bat that beats the shit out of people. I don't, you don't need to overexplain. Yeah, I Superhero think overexplaining movie. it makes it makes it a slog to get through. Well, the more you try to explain something and make it real, the more you just point out how not real it is. Or if you do make it real, the more you take it away from that comic book fantasy realm that we're all looking to see. Yeah, right. yeah. You know that that is the one criticism. I've been a somewhat supporter of some of the Nolan movies. I've I've enjoyed them, especially I really enjoyed Batman Begins a lot. Me too. Uh, but. If you made all superhero movies like that, I would not be a supporter of them at all. Oh God, no, no. So, you know, I'm I'm not the I'm not the one who criticizes it the way some other people do, but I also don't want to see that be the prevailing style. And that's the beautiful thing that we've said over and over again about these Marvel movies: is there is no prevailing style. We've seen comedy bits, we've seen film noir, we've seen action adventure, we've seen spy movies, we've seen, you know, uh, the the what you call it, 70s, like, political intrigue thriller. This this, this was a heist movie. I mean, there's this, just so this, many different genres that they're working in here, and this, yet having them all be in the same universe. This was like a heist movie and, like, a not a romantic comedy, but like... Well, but like, like a, a buddy movie. Yeah. Like a buddy movie or just with a, um, you know, with the thing with his daughter. You know, he's he's trying to... He's trying to get back in, total line. Yeah, I guess it, a redemption it a story, Bill. Rede- thank you. That's what I, you know. Yeah, that redemption thing there. The stuff. <laughs> the stuff. It's the stuff. Wasn't that was a good Garrett movie Morris too. in that. Speaking of Garrett Morris, man, that was a great segue. <laughs> I was the only one laughing <laughs> in the theater. Oh, that was so great. That was such a great cameo. The the you know it's it's like having I uh, Ant Man. Yeah, he was Ant Man. That's so <laughs> yeah. great. So uh, now every actor that's portrayed Ant Man has been in that movie together. <laughs> what is wrong with being Ant Man? I speak to the ants. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I like any the other. Ant- uh, what's up? Uh, the ants. We haven't really talked about the ants. They were awesome, man. Got yeah, crazy types. ants and fire ants and bullet ants and carpenter ants. And... Those were the skinny ones, right? Which ones? The carpenter ants. The carpenter ants had the wings. Never mind. Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> oh, Bill. <laughs> oh. That's an old joke from one of our other shows. Oh, shit. That's just cruel. Makes me want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Close <laughs> to you. <laughs> How badly were you trying to work that joke in, Bill? <laughs> Oh man, no! I they uh they all look good too. All the CGI on them was real nice. Yeah, and and um, riding the water that was a when they come in on the water main. Yeah. Oh, with the red ants making the uh, yeah the they, bridge they, for them. Mm-hmm. Raise them up. Oh yeah, that was this just and what? So Hank Pym shrunk down a bunch of EMP generators or something. Yeah, he's got the and little the explosives. Yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> And Scott was outfitting all the ants with the uh, the technology was, on them. It was a nice touch that the carpenter ants with the wings flew the flew other away ants. the other ants. Yes, yeah, they didn't sacrifice them. Like, okay, you dropped your stuff, you're, you're on your own. You know, brrr. it's like they were helicopters that came in and shoppered the guys out. Well, that was out. great when he says, "I've got you know, we've got air support coming in," and he just like they make the sound of the ant, the carpenter ants' wings like a helicopter, <laughs> and it's like this is perfect. This is so perfect. Yep. 
<laughs> we sound yeah. we sound like uh, Chris Farley with. Uh, yeah, uh, remember that time that, you did that thing? I've given you some negatives. That's true. Oh yeah, you definitely have. That's well, yeah, I, uh, I kind of pointed out some physics things that didn't really work. And physics, I'm the physics. and I'm finished. the Marvel fanboy that's just like, bring it on! I want more. <laughs> I have, well, what what I, they did was what about they, the they fight actually, in the case? I think they yeah. actually addressed the question from that comic skit with Garrett Morris. You know, thinking, oh, Ant Man, that's that's just silly. That's stupid. Right. And they showed you how this is a power that you know can be useful. And and you know and, and that's why I think they had him actually fight Falcon instead of just have you know just working out very smoothly and him sle- sneaking by. They yeah. showed that he can hold his own against an Avenger, maybe I, one of the lesser Avengers, but it's still an Avenger. Hey, don't I, don't badmouth the Falcon, man. I like the scenes they showed of the the like uh, the old films of the Ant Man from yes. the eighties or seventies or whatever that that they had the little t- they zoom in as a little tiny picture of a guy punching poof. And that's what's cool about that character, though. It's like, if you actually had that power, how useful that would be, it's crazy. I mean, yes, you'd have to worry about getting stepped on and stuff, but, I mean, fly a tiny carpenter ran into a war zone and assassinate somebody? Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Oh, and and did everybody... I also laughed when uh, they dropped the Tales to Astonish line. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was great. Yeah, that, and, and I thought he, he delivered a very, very campy line. Very well. well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he did it like dramatically. Tales to astonish. Like he made it you know clear that it was kind of a silly thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and by doing that, he made it come out as if it was natural. I, I got a real, you know what vibe I got from him a lot was that, that bathroom scene. I went immediately to RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was definitely. like, this is totally, we're in RoboCop territory. And I was like, oh, he just straight up turned that guy into goo. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, that uh, was, that was, I wasn't, re- I was not, re- didn't see that coming. I thought maybe he was going to, I thought he put something on him when he touched his shoulder earlier. And it would just shrink him, and then you'd like see the guy get attacked by something and, and and die. I did not expect that dude to turn into a pile of goo, and With he quivering wipes, goo, but you quivering know what? That goo, wasn't and, he, and he wipes him up with a paper towel and flushes him down the toilet. And you know, you see, that's how you know he's a real bad guy because you're not supposed to flush paper towels. <laughs> I thought you knew he was a real bad guy because he was ready to just murder a whole bunch of sheep. I was gonna oh, say, yeah. I was gonna say, it wasn't enough to kill the person. They had to have him kill a baby baby sheep. I thought we were going to use rats. What's the difference? Oh, man. <laughs> like, that's a great villain line, though. What's the difference? <laughs> Bring in Subject 35. <laughs> but just, like, killing the person wasn't enough. Uh, he had to wipe him up and flush him. So it was like, yeah, you know, so he killed a guy who was against him. That's not so bad. Oh, my God, he killed a sheep. Yeah. Yeah, laboratory <laughs> testing. Oh. So then I guess he figures out he has to put a shielding around him. Yes, you can't just do the organic matter. Yeah, kind of like a Terminator thing. Like uh, in reverse, you got to have... Living tissue of a metal endoskeleton. Now you have to have living... Can you learn? No. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so yeah, that was... um, Oh, oh, uh, I like the... After they had the fight inside the briefcase when it falls out of the helicopter... Yeah. Um, that was, uh, <laughs> I'm going to disintegrate you. Doo-doo-doo. Play the cures disintegration. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was clever. 
Uh, every, I, I mean, all the stuff that they did with the size stuff was clever. I mean, yeah. What about the bug lamp when he when he takes oh the ping my pong god? Paddle? He takes the ping pong paddle and he's it's the most obvious joke ever, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's <laughs> they so show that perfect. bug lamp. You're like, no, good. Then tell me somebody's not gonna. Bzz, oh, yellow jackets in the bug lamp. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, I I got a, I got a kick every time he got scared. Uh, Scott got scared by the ants underground and reemerged to full size <laughs> through <Yeah>. the dirt. <laughs> and he's trying to jump through the keyhole. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> They're just standing on the other side of the door going, oh my god, this ain't gonna work. Uh, but it did work, because he figured it out. He knew when to shrink and when to grow. <laughs> yes. And the uh, the uh, the little discs, too. The, the uh, shrinky growy discs were pretty neat. I don't think he ever had those in the comics, did he? I don't think no, so. but I remember. he could make other objects shrink and grow with the pin particles, but he didn't have like little throwing stars that uh, that I remember to make things grow or shrink. I, I liked how those all played in, too. Not just for him, you know, that not for the deus ex machina, him getting out of the quantum realm, but just the mm-hmm. fact that it's like, I'm gonna throw this at this and blow it up, and I'm gonna throw this at you and make you bigger so I can hit you. It's just they definitely spent a lot of time thinking about how they were going to play with all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that all of that really worked well. You know, we didn't talk talk about the wasp scene. I mean, I think we mentioned it that she died on a mission, but they were going after a missile that was being launched at the U.S. and they were on the outside of the skin of it and they couldn't get through it. And the wasp turns off her regulator and goes quantum and phase and goes down through the seam of the missile. And then destroys the electronics on her way, and then they can disable the missile. But then she never came back from the quantum realm. No, that was that was a little bit telegraphed, I thought. When when the thing came up about the regulator, when Scott started working on it, and mm-hmm. Hank says, "Don't do that because this is what could happen." At that point, it became Chekhov's regulator, and you knew. <laughs> it's like you you shrink down, you keep shrinking down forever. You knew that that was going to come into play before the. Of course, it's like lo- losing everyone you love, and then uh, and then he goes, "Right, don't touch the regulator." Got it. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, uh, more more props for Scott Lang. He realized, okay, I'm not supposed to mess with the regulator, but I've already gone too small. How am I going to get myself out of this? Yeah. And he takes the little growy disc and puts it in the regulator. It's like, that makes that's perfect comic book science for me right there. And they even did the suspense to where he goes to grab it, falls out of his hand, and he's, yeah. like, he's like in a weightless environment. He's trying to grab the disc, and it's floating away. He slaps it in there. I wonder if Blaine Dalla could tell us if that's real physics. Hmm. Oh, I'm curious now. <laughs> I'm pretty confident it's not, <laughs> but I couldn't it's, tell you why it's not. But here's the thing. It's com- It's great comic book physics. They set up their rules, which they played with a little bit. I mean, yes, when he's on his buddy's shoulder, his buddy should be dead. But I, I don't care because it was awesome. Because I wouldn't care if he was dead. Oh, oh come on, Ooh. man. I liked him. No, he was he he was fine. Again, I just come back to I don't know how how he's gonna hold up to the test of time. I could see where those scenes could make me cringe eventually. <laughs> if it was just him telling the story without them doing like the his voice, uh, Steven the other Soderbergh, oh, so much worse. Of... With, with the way they did it with his voice coming out of the different people's mouths, that makes was it worth great. it. Yeah, <laughs> but even the other guys, they were so over the top, cartoony. I didn't think they were as cartoony as, as Luis was, though. 
the watch we call not the, well there was the two uh the i guess was, guy. one guy was like russian yeah mm-hmm. he was the, the one who seemed hacker. very cartoony to me one's playing a russian russian mobster i mean come on it's that's their whole thing is cartoony <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i i liked it paul would rather have those russians from the daredevil series oh god they were oof and a card door uh, no no do we do we touch on everything? Oh, so I'm just trying to think. Is there anything we've missed uh, out on? Well, uh, we had the the great escape at the inn when, of course, we did mention the tank that it wasn't a tank, and then the tank blows out the side of the building. Yeah. That's, because they because um, uh, Hope and Hank were locked in the vault and it was going to blow up, and he pulls it out and says it's it's not a it's not a keychain, and then next you see the outside of the building. Boom! How about the way the building blew up or in? they shrunk it. They shrunk, they like shrunk the explosion. I guess so that when it exploded, it take the explosion outward. Now, do you think that was just a, a side effect of blowing up the pin particles in the building? I think that was planned. Mm. I think or, they wanted. Or that pin kind of knew that would no happen. Trace. Well, no trace. No trace. Yeah. But like not even fragments that you could put. To, like that was blown up and shrunk and <laughs> there you go. Because that reminded me a little bit of the stuff that happened on um, Agent Carter this past season. Did you watch that? Yes. When they had that uh, that that stuff that blew up, but it sucked yeah. everything in the one big ball. Yeah. But I think that was more to do with magnetism and gravity than actual shrinking. But it was kind of a little reminiscent of that when they went when they when that whole Roxxon um, factory got turned yeah. into a ball about like an eight an eight foot round ball. <laughs> yeah. Here's the only thing I was here's one of the things I was thinking during the quantum scene. It's like if Marvel still had the rights to the Micronauts, there's your in for it. Mm. Shrink yeah. down into the micro zone. Well, they yeah, could no. they could tell the Hulk story with Jirella. Well, they they do own the rights to several of the characters from the Micronaut series. Bug is their character. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they could they could play with things. There's so many things, so many places they can go with these movies now. I and, know. And the fact that they've gone with all these different genre types opens it up even wider because there's nothing they can't do. They can do Howard the Duck if they want. I'm I'm stoked for Doctor Strange. You're getting a horror movie directed to do Doctor Strange. I can't imagine. Like, if the fact that they were going to do the trippiness with the quantum realm in this, I can't imagine what they're going to do with the mystical realm for that. Like, I want to see some Steve Ditko-type backgrounds. Oh, my God, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They probably will, too. The astral plane will probably be like, yeah, I might be seeing that one in 3D. Uh, have they? Uh, now I know they cast Baron Mordo, right? Yep. Have they cast? Is there gonna? Is Dormammu gonna be in it? I have not heard. Mm-hmm. I only know Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, I think they cast the Clea Ancient that, One and Oh no, maybe they didn't cast Clea. I haven't heard anything about Clea. Yeah, the Ancient One is uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, yeah, which I think is awesome because <laughs> she's awesome. Put the old, the old, the old, the old Chinese guy makeup on her. Even they got like, an old or, Chinese woman. Who cares? That's true. Should have gone with with Joel Gray if they could have. Except he died. <laughs> Joel Gray died. Yeah, he died uh, a few months ago. Oh, <laughs> sad. I, I, I won't get my secret wish to have Wilfred Brimley play the the ancient one. Unfortunately, I like Joel Gray from Remo Williams. Yeah, he was good in that. Did, wait a minute, did he? Now I'm looking. I don't see that he's listed as dead. Maybe I'm wrong. I was gonna say. I didn't think he was dead. Now he's gonna die next week. Because oh, you mentioned. Why did, did John Byrne say it? John Byrne says a lot of things. John Byrne apparently kills people. <laughs> in the past, in the future. 
Yeah, it looks like he's not. I thought he died. I don't know why. Is he Rachel. still alive? <laughs> Rachel McAdams is rumored. I wonder if she'll be clear. Ooh, she could be clear. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at the picture. She and doesn't then, do anything for me. Yeah, according to, uh, and to IMDb. Chiwetel. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. God bless you. He's supposed yeah. to be Baron Mordo, rumored. Yep. Yeah, he what, is. What else is, what has he been in? Did he you see Firefly? Serenity. Serenity. He was the the bad guy in the movie, with the with the ninja sword. He was, yeah, he was like the bounty hunter. Yeah, well, I now, I, now was, I guess we could do our closing closing arguments unless there's something else. All right, I'll I, I'll I'll drop my closing one in then. I saw it twice. I had a blast with it. I love these movies, flaws and all. Bring on more Civil War. Here we go. I don't need your civil war. Thanks, hey, Axel. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I didn't. I wasn't going to see this. I'm glad I did. Uh, I, I didn't have high expectations for it. Although last last year, about this time, was when I saw Days of Future Past, and I didn't have any expectations for that, and I didn't really like it. But I had a, a kidney stone stuck in me, so maybe I was extenuating circumstances. Mm. So, so I enjoyed this one much more. <laughs> stone free. <laughs> At least I think I'm still stone free, although I've been getting some back pain. But oh god, I hope I don't have another one. But no, this 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 was. Uh, I like this. I like this. It was good. It was fun. It wasn't too heavy, although the stakes were high. But it was still, uh, you know, it was a good flick. I liked it. I've heard several people tell me they thought this was better than Age of Ultron. That they thought, more than one person has told me they, they would put this just a tick below Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not quite sure that I'm that high on it. I think I would put it on a par with Age of Ultron, which means I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it's an all-time great, great movie. I think it was a really good movie. And except for the things that I've expressed my uh, concerns about, I think Every other aspect of the movie will hold up well to repeated viewings. I think uh, Paul Rudd's sense of comic timing adds to it a lot because I think that will add to the ability to rewatch scenes that don't have action in them. I think that'll, that'll, you know, just give you, make you smile and make you laugh and enjoy it. I think, uh, as as you said, Hero, I think uh, Michael Douglas uh, did not mail it in by any stretch of the imagination. When, When we start talking about, you know, senior actors coming into these Marvel movies to uh, to play a part, I think Michael Douglas blew away the very good job that uh, Robert Redford did. Mm. I, I think his, his performance was just so, so much better. And I thought Redford was great. Not great, but I thought he was fine. So ultimately, I do come back with saying this was a really good movie and I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to whenever I do get my second viewing of it. So it's not Jaws. But it was really but, good. Well, yeah. and I think it had the advantage. If if you were to compare this to Age of Ultron, I would say the advantage that this has as a movie is that it does not have the large amount of baggage and other things to tie into like Age of Ultron does into the Marvel U. Um, and that it can be seen as a standalone movie. Yeah, it does have some tie-ins with you know the Falcon and such, but, but it still can stand on, on its own without... You know, because I, I think that was maybe some pe- people's complaint about Age of Ultron is that if you come into that without knowing a lot of the other backstory and what's been going on, it just, uh, you, you know, you, you you can't just be dropped into that without having seen some of the other movies first. You can without Ant-Man, and maybe that's just because it's the first 
Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Like the first but Iron Man movie. The Avengers movies, though, you should know going into that, it's like, this is the big crossover. So chances yeah. are... This is the event. Able... This is the comic event. Yeah. Where, and all the other movies are the individual series, and this is where they tie together. Yeah. I mean, it's... I can't... How can you... Comp- you really... I don't know how you compare it to Age of Ultra. It's... The Avengers movies of themselves, like, you have to take out of the rest of them like you can't because they're, they're so massive and they're designed to do one thing they're designed to be the big mashup but in terms of the other franchises individually i think it stands on its own as i think it's one of the better origin stories that they've done and and i think part of why it is such a good origin story is because you picked it up partially through it you didn't have to painfully sit through everything you know the ant-man costume had already been invented it had already been used, and there was a history yeah. to it. Yeah. We got our legacy character without having to go back and see all the legacy movies. And then if they want to do something... You can always do a flashback movie if you want to. Oh, my God. You could throw or him even in... a flashback scene or something. Uh, you know. When they get to Agent Cotter in the 70s there and 80s. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. So that's our review of Ant-Man. While you're sitting here listening to us, you should be going to see it again. Yeah. Don't be on the fence about it. It's kid. It's kid friendly. Go for it. Bring your let's, kids. Let's make this one a lot of money too, because we want to let them know. Keep making. Keep making them this way. Yes. And you know what the ants say. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com slash league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would just start laughing.